Welcome to the Property Experts Podcast, where you'll find open conversations, no bullshit attitudes, and deep dive insights from award-winning property developers and business owners, Ben Richards and Jack Jiggins. Together, they've delivered over 40 million in gross development value over the last five years and have a pipeline of over 25 million to deliver in the next 18 months. They've built numerous other seven-figure businesses with six-figure net profits around their property ecosystem, and it's by no means been an easy ride. So on this podcast, they'll share their weekly trials and tribulations running multiple businesses, giving you never before seen insights into the inner workings of finding, funding, designing, delivering, and selling award-winning property deals, together with golden nuggets of advice through the five key areas of any business, marketing, sales, operations, finance, and talent. If you're a young entrepreneur looking to get started or have a small team, but you're looking to scale your business to the next level, this is the No Bullshit Podcast for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Friday's edition of the XP Property Live Expose with me, Ben Richards, and Jack Jiggins. Hello. Very exciting lineup today. It's a beautiful, sunny day outside on the 8th of September 2023, and this is the agenda for today. So, we're going to be talking about some CGIs that we've had done for a new eight unit scheme in Marlow, looking smart. I'm going to be talking through a little bit about what a detailed tender pack should look like. If anyone's going through that process, this will help you. Three, we have absolutely smashed our targets. I am really, really thankful. I'm going to talk about what level we've got to and where we hope to get to after the kayak that we are doing tomorrow for the Mind Charity. I'm going to be talking through a big potential change in one of our biggest schemes to date, the old maltings. So stay tuned for that. It's quite interesting. A bit of recruitment, uh, HR woes and celebrations, one in, one out for XP surveys and the IES investment scheme. Uh, what is it? What can you do with it? What are the benefits? It's new to us, so we are still learning and hopefully you guys can learn with us too. If you've got any insight into that, um, do stay tuned for point number six and type in the comments anything that we get wrong. Seven, I had a good pre-app meeting with Croydon Council on an airspace scheme. Was it good news? Was it bad news? You decide. And then maybe, just maybe, we may have exchanged on our biggest scheme to date. Stay tuned till the end of this to find out whether we did or not. We're still waiting for the emails to come through. And then we'll be answering some of your questions. Two questions today. Do you ever sleep? Um, I've been asked that numerous times over the past couple of weeks. um, And we're going to be talking a little bit about that. And also, we've been asked about what type of limited company bank accounts we use. We're going to be talking through some of the various companies that we've tried and um, telling you which ones have been good, which ones have been bad. A few funny stories. And here we go. Cool. So number one, a game I used to love playing as a kid, Spot the Difference. Before we get into the CGIs, um, I uh, wanted to show you something that we do quite regularly for just touching up photos. So you'll see on the left was the original photo. Obviously, one of the big differences is the fact that Jack is no longer in the picture. We have rebranded the site Archway Court from Jam Theatre Studios, and we've removed all of the kind of dross around the the archway. So removed all of the posters and uh, just tidied up the photos. This is the sort of thing we do for 30, 40 pounds just to smarten up photos, brighten them up and remove any tat that is just sort of getting in the way and makes the photo look um, a bit worse than it can be. So onto the good stuff, CGIs. 
here we go. This is our Marlowe scheme. Uh, we have got planning approval already. Can you see my mouse? Is that yeah. flying around? Yeah, yeah. So this front um, section of the site is grade two listed um, where the archway is off the main high street. It's in West Street Marlow, which is one of the sort of main shopping parades or the end of um, one of the secondary shopping parades um, in the town centre of Marlow. And we've got planning approval already to convert this grade two listed section into two flats and this second building to the rear into a further two flats. So planning approval already in place to turn it into four flats. Um, if you've been tuning in over previous weeks, you would have seen us do some breakdowns of this. And we've recently submitted a planning application to convert the rear dance studio, which is this at the back of the site, into a further four flats. So eight units in, in, in total from the main high street. Looks very, very uninteresting. As you go under the undercroft, it kind of comes to life. There's a lot of building there. There's a lot of, um, lot of real estate to convert and a lot of value for us as property developers to add. So we will be turning this into, hopefully, a cute little muse, a little court courtyard development for elderly downsizers, for first-time buyers, for people that want to be in the hub of Marlow, just off the main high street. And that's really what we're trying to sell here um, with the CGIs, you know, throwing in the type of people that are going to be buying this type of property, like the, you know, the, the elderly couple there, wheelchair users. These units will be set up very well for wheelchair users. users. So presenting CGIs in the best light will help you sell your units faster. If you're interested in investing in this project with us, this is a live um, investment that we will be completing on later in this year. If you want to discuss investing with us and being our investment partner on this, send a comment below called investment or info at xpproperty.co.uk is our email address and we can send you the full development pack. We've got a question from Andrew. Sounds great. Who does your photo editing? Okay, so we typically use, thanks for that, Andrew. I'm going to show that on screen. There we go. Um, who does our photo editing? We use typically a company called Pix Angle Property Marketing, P-I-X-A-N-G-L-E, Pix Angle Property Marketing. They do our photo editing, our virtual staging. So if we've got proper professional photos of an empty finished property, we will get them to stage it with furniture, again, to get more people through the door, sell faster. Um, CGIs are done via a company called Hello, uh, uh, called CGI Factor. And if you want the contact details of them, drop us a DM um, and we can make an intro for you. So we yeah, typically use either Pixangle or CGI Factor. There's a couple of other, other out there, others out there as well, which um, I may drop in the comments as well. But those two are the main people that we use. Thanks for the comment. Oh, what's the next point? Detailed design. So this is something that most people will have to go through in order to you know, progress and get a full tender package together for their site if they're actually building it out. I will share my screen again. And because I just wanted to flick through the tender package that Aura have created for for Conley Hatch Lane, which is in Muswell Hill, which is a semi-detached big building that we're converting to nine flats. Um, and I was just going to literally flip through this very quickly to show you the type of package you should expect. So these are GAs, general arrangement drawings. This shows you know, sort of fire strategy, fire, fire plan, general room layouts, um, dimensions, wall buildups, things like that. We also have the roof plan. We have detailed sections that look a little bit like this. They might take a bit long to load, I guess. Um, detailed elevations, explaining what the material palette is and the you know, suppliers and uh, material information on the external facade. We've got wall buildups, 
floor build-ups and roof build-ups, and then typical sort of construction details at, at, at areas that need a bit more, normally abutments, so uh, eaves, ridges, um, you know, wall-to-roof abutments, all those things where it's, where it's critical to get the detailing correct. That's the sort of thing that you should be having. And then we've also got a basement in this project. So um, tanking information, drainage, and all of those key things are really fundamental and needed as part of a building regulation and detailed design package. This is what we call a sort of detailed design package. So what I previously showed you was more of a building regulations pack. So that will get sent off to building control for compliance check. And this is the DD package, where it's more about uh, MEP layout. So your electrical, lighting, um, small power, small data uh, information, uh, underfloor heating zones. Can you zoom in on one of those? Uh, yeah, one of these. So this is the penthouse suite. You've got the areas where we'll have underfloor heating. You've got a bit of uh, drainage information. You've got lighting layouts where you've got pendants, where you've got small power, lighting, and uh, electrical sockets, data sockets, uh, TV sockets, all that sort of stuff. And a couple of dimensions to show how they should be set out. Uh, what a tip, quick tip on sort of when you're setting out things where you just, you don't necessarily want to specify a specific dimension. So you do sort of equals equals. Effectively, what you're saying is that you want the downlighter to be central on the space. So there's no real way that the contractor can get that wrong. If you specify a certain dimension and actually for some reason on site, a wall is slightly off. If they were installing it to the dimension, it might not actually now be center, centered on the room. So effectively, we'll just show an equal equals. You know, these lights should be equidistant between certain points. Um, stair core details. We have got uh, kitchen plans and then bathroom layout. So each individual ensuite and bathroom shown. This, is, this package was created in Revit. So for those that are sort of old school dealing with just sort of purely AutoCAD or 2D information, the benefit of using Revit is that any one change made in the 3D model is then replicated in the 2D information. So if I change this shower to a you know, slightly larger one in the Revit model on this package of output of detailed design drawings, it will already be updated to the new size of the size of the shower tray. You can also create schedules like this, which a QS will absolutely love you for. So all of these areas coded and color coded are the different flats. And then each flat has a schedule of size of each bedroom, size of size of wardrobe, including heights and lengths, what the flooring may be, what the floor finish is, or what the wall finish is in terms of skimming and painting, you know, two layers of Dulux, blah, blah, blah. What else have we got? We've got window schedules. We have got door schedules and uh, finally some internal, some, some, some glazing and some, some more door and window schedules. So that's full sort of run through of what a detailed design tender package should look like. Um, we are currently finalizing and I'm checking through this information as we speak. We've literally just sent a package out like this on the old maltings and we will hear back in four or five weeks from um, the contractors with their formal tenders on that. So. Yeah, any questions on those, do let me know. I think it's a classic case of uh, sharpen your tool before you cut down the tree and your build will be quicker because there's so much information. I was actually chatting to someone yesterday that saw a planning application that was still like pencil drawing, yeah, full plans only. Um, Madness that some yeah, people still do that. 
there's a lot of time wasted in messing around not knowing sizes and and like you said if um and there's also no surprises in build costs as well because you've given them so much information yeah the um the stat that i keep reading is that something you change on site will cost you four times as much as it will actually just changing it on paper and getting it right first time you're going to stop delays you're going to stop spend overrun the more you can get things down on paper now with the benefit of the likes of revit and 3d sort of modeling you can then also picture what the space may look like before actually putting it down on that 2d drawing for, for builders to actually install on site some people just can't visualize it and to be honest most of our clients really struggle which is why having that 3d uh, model is, is a massive advantage for them to actually picture what their uh, what plans show cool Massive thanks, I guess. Not much more to say on that. We've absolutely keep smashing our target. So thank you to those that have donated for our 41-mile kayak that we will be doing tomorrow. So we'll be starting from Abingdon-on-Thames, downstream, thankfully, 41 miles all the way through to Henley-on-Thames. There's about 12 of us doing it along the route. We've raised six, almost £6,500 currently. We started that raise at 2000 We've had to increase it over the last week because we've just absolutely smashed the target every time. So I would love for this to get to £10,000. We obviously have it tomorrow and um, we'll still be raising for the next couple of weeks after that if we if we make it. I'm sure we will. Yeah, yeah. I'd just like to also say thanks. We've had 109 donations and every donation is hugely appreciated, whether it be big or small. It's the, the contribution that helps and every little does help. And it's actually... I find it quite motivating having known all the donations are in. Like we, when we set out this potential church task, we kind of didn't know whether 41 miles would be possible, but we kind of wanted to make sure it was a challenge. But it's been very motivating having all the support that we've had. Um, and I'm just super excited to get amongst it now tomorrow. So we're getting up, at, I think I'm getting up at about 4.30 tomorrow morning uh, to get to Abingdon before the sun comes up. Got our carbs, uh, carb yeah. loading, been, ready uh, to go. Eating accordingly, and um, yeah, it should be a super fun day. Obviously, a bit of a byproduct will be a bit, hopefully, a bit of team bonding, although all the opposite, team unbonding. Uh, but we'll let you know how it goes. If there's anyone local, we'll be finishing at the Angel on the Bridge in Henley. And also, comment um, live link if you would like to see us live. We're gonna we're gonna share a live link so everyone can follow us tomorrow to actually see if it's possible. Uh, hopefully we're halfway through by the half of the day, but we, I think we're going to know pretty soon whether it's possible or not. Yeah, nice. Um, I just wanted to say, obviously, every donation, like Jack says, little or small, is is you know very welcomed. Um, but I would like to give a big shout out to Patrick from Fox Funding, who smashed £500 um, donation earlier today. So if you are one of our other lenders in the mix, pull your finger out and uh, get on the donation train. Thank you very much. Do you want to have a quick chat about yeah, this? Yeah, cool. So, um, so as you can see, the building that um, is being shown here is the Old Maltings, which is based in town centre next to Waitrose in Abingdon. We bought this site in January as a office building, but fortunately, we managed to slip in prior approval for sixteen flats for changing use to residential uh, before we bought the site. We now have consent for twenty, and there's further plans to enhance that further. Uh, but I suppose today's sort of topic on this is not really to do with the residential development, but multiple exits. So this building is in a fabulous location with tons of parking. Obviously, it looks great. It was an old um, barley malt building, so it looks quite attractive and, and quite unique and striking and, and, and heritage-y, like lead. 
Um, and obviously, we're gearing up to develop this site out. We actually had a valuation take place today, uh, and with that's still our sort of first and foremost uh, plan of action. Um, the agent that actually sold this building to us has moved to a different agency and contacted me saying that they've got a requirement from an NHS tenant that would like to view our building to rent the whole building on something along the lines of a 25-year full repairing lease at a really good rent rate. And why not? We didn't have anything else to lose. So we let the viewing go ahead. Um, and as a result, they are interested in our building. So we're now sorting out final details. Head of, uh, head of um, property is actually coming to view the building next week. And the conversations will go further. I'm sure, sure there'll be plenty of negotiating back and forth because the NHS will have quite a strict budget, timeframes, risk, whatever it may be. It actually made me laugh. Uh, he put deposit, no deposit, because we are the government-run business. <laughs> Uh, in his email. I'm not so, sure how that changes things. Yeah, I mean, a deposit's a deposit, deposit isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What happens if they don't pay rent? Um, so, yeah, so quite exciting, really, because if we crunch our numbers, it means that we can make a similar amount of, uh, you know, when Ben and I set out the business, we always prioritise the numbers. The numbers that do the talking, and then the design can look good thereafter. But if the numbers aren't good, we're not interested. So we're obviously run our calculations and it may work out that we can make a similar amount of equity if we keep it or, or profit if we sell the building by just merely signing a, a 10, 15, 20, 25 year lease and revaluing the building without obviously having to build out 20 flats and the headache of doing that. Uh, and when I say headache, you've obviously got the contractors, uh, you've then got the potential subcontractors, you've got materials, you've got potential delays, you've got the lender breathing down your neck. Uh, you've got the investor everything down your neck. So it might be an easy turnaround for us and sort of fortunate in some way because we, you know, we, we, we bought the building and our, our main MO was to develop it as residential. But I suppose for now, with obviously where the market is, there's huge exit risk saved there because we wouldn't have to sell uh, or rent out 20 flats. So keep tuned in. Uh, we'll be hopefully updating you in weeks to come. Uh, we have told the agent the NHS and this will make anyone else that's used the NHS services but be very quick because if they're not we're gonna we're gonna convert this to flats so by the time that they might come back to us it might be resident 21 residential flats and more so we'll see what they come in with and obviously we're in quite a strong position because we do have a backup but I was always told in sales you want to negotiate something well always have two options nice I am um... I sometimes struggle with with this, and Jack, I've really spoken to this with Jack. Really, you know, it's, we've sold some things at auction in the past where, because of my background on the sort of design, design and delivery side of things, like I get very invested in the design and have pretty much kind of worked out in my head exactly how things are going to get put together, what we're going to do, where, how it's going to look. So mentally, I'm like already pretty much seen how this is going to get put together. Mm -hmm. So to now not deliver it and like go down a different route. Is really hard for me it needs to be done because yeah. it's the right decision and we did it on london street where i was yeah. like this is gonna so if anyone's got a straight jacket that they can wear <laughs> for six months <laughs> yeah all good it's all good it's, it's the right thing for the business like jack says you know we're, we're more focused on the finances and actually getting those right and more so about sort of design and um you know if we don't have to deliver something absolutely brilliant so we say goodbye to, to Sam. So Sam's sitting in the, in, the, uh, in the room just opposite me. You can probably hear this, but um, you know, Sam's moving on to passages new. I think there was a, a lot of, well, I guess he wasn't challenged enough in this role. Very, very switched on guy, um, needs a new challenge, very tech savvy, 
very big background in sort of maths and you know problem solving. Um, if you are a startup, a tech startup, I think Sam is your man. If you're listening to this, you're looking for you know a new recruit in North London uh, or surrounding areas, then do get in contact because we can we can put you in contact with Sam. But he's going to be moving on to new things, um, and we've got another um, surveyor and BIM technician coming to join XP Surveys, a lovely lady called Kine. Um, who's just graduated from Oxford Brooks in BIM coordination or BIM management. So, yeah, super excited to have Kine on board. Sad to see Sam leave and his final farewell will be a 41-mile kayak down the River Thames later tomorrow. Do you know much about the Enterprise Investment Scheme, EIS? Yeah, so um, I actually had a chat with um, Kristen P1. So we work with a sort of a very unique family office and he's done a quite a lot of investment through um EIS scheme and from what I can understand and it's probably summed up you know very loosely speaking but from what I understand there is investment schemes that the government basically underwrite your investment so you have to have the investment and you have to find it uh, but the government underwrite it so that if you're a startup business and you fail to last over five years there's a claim that the investor can claim back to promote starting young businesses because we celebrated our fifth, fifth birthday, what was it, three months ago, and we read some stats. I think something like 20% of businesses go beyond the year of five in trading. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's to support more new businesses. Yeah, nice. So I, I pulled a few sort of key stats last night into this, which I'm going to go through in a minute. But um, the main reason I wanted to highlight this is XP Surveys is, to a certain degree, trying to disrupt the measured building and topographical survey business is a very old school business, very old school industry that utilizes absolutely cutting edge tech. We wanted to bring that kind of technology and process into our front end systems. So we've integrated an instant quoting tool on our website, which is absolutely incredible for property developers and architects. All they need is the postcode and we use API integrations and technology to effectively spit out an instant price they can add all sorts of upgrades like Revit models and um, OS outlays and, and things like that. Um, so trying to disrupt a bit of an old school industry, it's sort of tech led. And these are the types of things that can scale very quickly. And that's really our long term goals with XP surveys. We've recently been discussing bringing some investment into the business. And I spoke to um, another sort of angel investor earlier this week who said that you guys should look at the, the EIS, the Enterprise Investment Scheme. Um, because there are huge amounts of uh, investors out there that want to invest via this scheme for the reasons that I'm just about to talk through. So I did a quick quick Google, quick look at some of the key facts and the benefits of the EIS scheme, um, and these are the key ones. So you actually get 30% income tax relief on your investment up to a million pounds per tax year. So if you invest one million pounds into a new startup company that's registered with the EIS, you immediately get a 300,000 pound tax relief on your income for that year, which is absolutely massive. So, you know, the government do want people to be investing in startups and and pushing money into that space. And this is one of the reasons, uh, one of the the ways that they're trying to do this with similar schemes like the EIS. This is just a short message to ask, is your business making the consistent profits you want? Or are you struggling to take your business from five figures to six figures or six figures to seven figure revenues? If this is you and you want one-to-one guidance from award-winning property developers and business owners, check out our consultancy and mentorship packages at xpproperty.co.uk to book in with Ben or Jack today. Let's get on with the episode. 
you get loss relief. So actually, if you invest a million pounds uh, and actually it ends up being a flop and you don't make any money and the company you know dissolves and you know, your shares are disposed of, you get your £300,000 income tax relief regardless. You then get some loss relief. So I think it was a roundabout, you know, instead of it being a true, you know, you invest a million pounds, the real loss is around about £350,000, not £1 million, because you get a 300 grand tax relief. You also get around about £300,000 £300 worth of um, loss relief for that loss, which is you know a huge upside when the potential of losing a million pounds is the other alternative. If it does do really well and dispose or sell, uh, sell the, the property or sell your shares um, via the scheme, uh, you get capital gains tax relief as well if you've held those investments for over three years um, and you also uh, get some reinvestment relief so if you if the gain that you make on one business is then reinvested into another eis scheme and company um, and there's also reliefs on that as well so yeah huge amounts of benefits for this scheme i'd love to know anyone who's in this space um, within our contacts listening or watching this because we'd love to have a chat with you um, so do do reach out and let's set up a coffee Cool. Um, pre-apps. So uh, we had a pre-app meeting with our scheme uh, in Southwest London. So this is Beckton Court. It's a block of nine flats currently. And we originally went in for planning for uh, a pre-app was done for three units, I believe. Uh, that got rejected. We did um, another application for two units that got rejected. We've now gone back in for a pre-app to really try and get to grips with what the council have asked for. Frustratingly, it was one of those things where the pre-app said to do the to do x we did x the council then turned around and said oh we don't want x we want y um and it's been an absolute sort of nightmare really i think we're in a good place now uh, fundamentally the materiality of the the brick on the lower ground level is um, okay with them they don't like the zinc cladding at the top level they want that to be hanging tile they want us to add a mansard roof pitch uh, and that i think should seal the deal i mean pre-apps i don't know what your experience are uh, with those but some aren't worth the paper they're written on and just a waste of time so proof will be in the pudding we've got some work to do to amend these drawings and get them resubmitted in a full planning application but we took away lots of positives so you know that's great yeah well i'm tapping the table if you can't see or hear so big grabby cat tap uh, catch line did we exchange on our biggest scheme yet and um it's not a lie uh, we've been working on our site in tame to get it bought, acquired, raise equity, raise um, bank debt, and, and sort of de-risk the scheme. It's quite a complicated structure scheme. So as you can see in the building in the image behind us, alternatively in the image on the right, it's 17,000 square foot of office space with current approval for 22 apartments. It's parts tenanted, and we've been working on this. I just looked at my emails uh, when we were just basically onboarding this scheme. It was sent to me in um, September last year. Wow. It went to a surveyor was actually selling the site. It went to a handful of buyers. We were outbid. We were second highest bidder. And the um, the agent or, or, or surveyor or acting agent called me and said, can you do anything on your bid? I think we're going to close with this highest bidder. Um, and they said that they could buy in cash and get the deal done in 10 days. Anyone out there has ever done a property deal that's 17,000 square foot of office space, yeah, granted, houses, we can do that. Um, but something this complex with tenants in situ, I said, let's speak in 11 days. 
And comically, we did speak in 11 days and they hadn't completed. So we then got the option to go back in to review the deal, get a price agreed. And we did agree a price. So the building you can see, we're buying for 2.35 million. The end game is hopefully 27 flats and potentially some new build houses or flats in the car park as well. So after much of wondering what our solicitors have been keeping themselves busy with for months, um, the news is we finally exchanged today. Yeah, so huge cheer on that. <laughs> I don't know if that picture of champagne is a bit underwhelming, but um, <laughs> I can tell you now we are, you know, over the moon to have that done behind us. Uh, and our investor is also super keen to get cracking with the scheme. And yeah, as as I said, there's plenty of of, of development scope and, and value to be created from this building. Um, to paint a picture of the the sort of price we've secured it at, if we were to just relet the whole building and keep the tenants in there. It would generate a early teen sort of 12, 13% net yield. So in, in markets like this, I know you'll probably think that's quite a big site to take that amount of uh, of exposure or risk buying your biggest site. But one, we've been working on it for a year and you don't just stop working on these deals. Two, we've got two phases of planning application improvements that we can make. And three, the underlying value of the asset is under £140 a square foot. So its replacement value is, is second to none. And it's it's really it's a really good scheme that we're really excited to get cracking on. Yeah, solid red brick 1980s building. Can't wait to get cracking on this. Is, we'll we'll do a full deep dive, I think, probably next week or or over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. It's a very complicated phased scheme where there's lots of planning nuances that we're gonna have to overcome, lots of enhancements that we can make, as Jack said. So yeah, stay tuned for more on that scheme. Yeah. It's gonna be very good. We've got a question from Ewan. Do you have one investor for schemes like these? Most commonly, yes. To, to basically do a, do a project like this, evidently Ben and I are property developers, and there's only so much time we have in the day. I think we're coming on to the question later, do we, do we sleep? But to answer your question, we can't spend you know, a multitude of time on bringing a, a pool of investors together, even if it's within an FCA-compliant platform. We just don't have the time to do that. So in this particular scenario, and traditionally how we've funded most of our deals is with one individual investor. Uh, this is with one investor for 1.2 million quid, and they come in on an, a, a loan note or, a, or an equity position, and that's quite a traditional structure for equity property. Having said that, we have used a crowdfunding platform before and are actually in talks with a crowdfunding platform for a deal that we have coming up. Um, so yes, one investor you in on this particular project. Yeah, you and if you've got any like, Further questions on that or specific questions around kind of how we structure investment, um, our investment deals. Drop comments below. Jack and I are going to set some side, set some time aside over the next couple of months to actually go, you know, deeper into some of these more pertinent questions that we get, you know, frequently asked questions, I guess, to launch as separate videos on our YouTube channel. So if there's any sort of specific information that, that we haven't answered and you're, you're desperate to know, drop a comment you know, now and we can cover it fully on another video cool big news so yeah that's that's amazing it's one of those things where it's like you know, we've been in it for so long and you know you just want it to have it's more relief than excitement yeah. at the moment <laughs> until we get it completed yeah um it's just one of those it, things it, it always amazes me when you're like i think we're there mm -hmm. and another something crops up and then you go oh, i think we're there and then another something another crops spanner up. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, always yeah, it's a bit like a breaking out of prison with a toothpick, getting some deals <laughs> over the line, but we got there. Yeah, um, we are there. Yeah, just uh, we've got now four weeks to completion on that. So, yeah, stay tuned as these next four weeks play out. 
The ex- uh, Property Experts podcast has been live now for um, a month or so. We're gaining a bit of traction, which is amazing if you're listening on the podcast after the fact. Thank you very much. If you're listening on the podcast and aren't watching or subscribe to our YouTube channel, head over there and YouTube, um, head over and subscribe. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can listen in uh, to these if you miss them on a Friday afternoon. Um, we've had 234 plays across our nine episodes so far, and the episode nine is gaining quite a lot of traction. You know, it's our, our most recent um, download, but it's already got more views, listens than you know the other eight. So. Yeah, head over and listen to episode nine. It's a banger. Uh, and yeah, follow and subscribe for more. Cool. Won't spend too long talking about this. Do you ever sleep? We, we've uh, yeah, been asked that numerous times, um, kind of in jest. But most people are referring to the fact that we've done a lot in the last five years. We've you know built a massive pipeline of property developments. We've built a 20 million pound supported living portfolio. We've done over 40 million in property developments. We've got service-based businesses that have generated over three million pounds in revenue over the last five years. And the thing that I really wanted to touch on with this point was Jack and I don't do that. The people that you see on the screen do that for us, with us. Um, it's all about team. Um, we wouldn't be able to do half as much as we have done over the last five years without the people you see in front of you. So for those that are thinking, um, you know, you're a one-man band, you're just starting out and you want to be doing some of the things that, that we have done or be at you know, position that, that we're in, you need to start recruiting people. Our, our, we always say, you know, as soon as you get into business, the first person you need to hire is a, someone to do admin for you, whether that's sort of personal assistant, executive assistant, or a business manager, um, to take all of that admin away from you so you can focus on sort of key priorities and driving the business growth forward. But Yes, we do sleep, not as much as we'd like, but we haven't done as much as we have done without these people on the screen. So, yeah, start building your team now. Uh, you won't regret it. We'll have a good sleep after our 41-mile kayak, I think. Yes. Um, I think it's an old African proverb. Alone we go fast, together we go far. Very good. Yes. Nice, like that. That's um, a, that a good <laughs> quote. <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Do you want to talk about the yeah. second one? Um, so um, we have our own, I suppose, community WhatsApp group where people can ask questions like you guys ask in these calls, but just anytime, anywhere, any place. And we had a question in the group from Harry. Shout out to Harry. How are you doing? Hope you're um, not watching this because it's probably a ridiculous time in New Zealand. But I actually don't know all the time. Difference no idea. But anyway, I'm rabbiting on now about time zones. So his question is limited company bank accounts, which is actually... A pain in the arse. And actually, Stuart Wyeth, um, who runs SW Homes and Skylofts, had the same issue this week. And a little tip for anyone out there that sets up companies that have bank accounts that are owned by limited companies, which is really common in a group structure. Every single limited company we open or have opened for the last three years is owned by a limited company. We obviously set up the group first, and that's owned by the top of the group is owned by Ben and myself. Um, we have a company each. And then as you go further down, every company is owned by a limited company. Banks do not like this. So the way that we overcome this um, is we fundamentally set up the limited company that we would like to operate with in our own names. So one pound share each. We set up a bank account, which is easily done and sales through. And then we do a share change to whatever limited company. Most of the time, Ben and I are then moving it into another limited company, which is owned 50-50 by Ben and I. So it doesn't trigger any need of change within the group structure. 
The main question also was what banks are people using? I found the best bank that you can get face-to-face -face in is Metro. You can sort of go in there same day and open up bank accounts with Metro. I've heard people say that there are um, NatWest is pretty good. We actually do use online banks, so Starling or Tide. I haven't got a bad thing to say about either of those last two. So we've got experience with quite a few. We have had some recent bad experiences with HSBC. Uh, they shut our account because they asked us for information, but they didn't actually ask us for the information um, because the letter went to um, uh, someone else's property. And for that reason, they shut our account. So just a little bit of advice there to set up the limited code before uh, you remove the person ownershiping it. Um, and if anyone's got any questions about what banks we work with, start, Tide and Starling are, are pretty easy. I, you know, and I, I, I kind of find with banks, sometimes it's personal experience, but there are a few that you really should avoid. Uh, and I would definitely avoid HSBC now. Yeah, I, I agree. They've been an absolute nightmare. Yeah. Up on our screen, up on the screen is our company's sort of org chart. So just to show you what Jack was talking about in terms of our sort of holding companies, we've got investment companies and trading companies underneath that. And uh, RSPB is kind of in, in blue at the bottom. Very, very complicated now. A lot of accounting to do. A lot of uh, structural changes, like Jack says, um, getting a bit of a, a beast to really manage. Hence why, you know, you've got the team that I was talking about earlier to help with that. But um, if anyone's got any questions about how we run our, our structure, obviously everyone has their own tax implications. So speak to, their per speak to your personal and business um, tax accountants for, for structures, but um, happy to share kind of how we've set up ours. Good. Cool. I think we are done. We're going we're gonna to go and celebrate by chugging some kayaks over to, to Abingdon. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And chugging lots of water and smashing back loads of pasta. Yeah. So enjoy your Friday evening in the sun. It's been a pleasure. See you all next week. These live Q&A episodes are all about helping you grow your business and build a property portfolio that provides financial wealth. If you have specific topics that you'd like us to discuss, make sure to comment on the platform you're listening on or email info at xpproperty.co.uk so that we can discuss your topic in future episodes. And if you found these conversations valuable for growing your business, make sure to click that follow button and we'd really love for you to tell just one person about us. Thank you.